Andy, I'm thrilled today to be talking about the who behind your brand new book, Who Not How, which is super exciting. October 20th is the official release date, which we're super jazzed about. So I'm excited today because I want to kind of pull back the curtain, Dan, and talk about how Who Not How got created and got created through a whole bunch of who's. So let's actually do a quick definition of what Who Not How means, and then we'll talk about the incredible teamwork that really came together to make this phenomenal book a reality. I've read it. Mm -hmm. It's brilliant. And I thought I knew the concept and I learned new things, which I thought was pretty stellar. So I'm excited to share this process with everybody. But first of all, let's Mm -hmm. just jump in with what does Who Not How actually mean? Well, I think everybody who's watching and listening to us has an experience that Who Not How is all about, and that's setting goals for yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's where you have a picture of yourself that's bigger and better in the future. You're getting bigger results. You're getting better results. And then you're confronted with the fact that you can't move. And the reason is that getting to this bigger and better goal, a what, a much bigger what, requires a lot of hows that you actually don't have. You don't have the capability. And by definition, if it's a bigger and better goal, you don't have the capability because if you had the capability, you'd already be there. So I'll just walk you through what the who, not how is, and then I'll tell you how it came to be a term, who, not how, and then various learning exercises that we have in the strategic coach program, and then how it's become now a major market book. So when you are confronted with uh, the fact that you don't have the hows, The worst question you can ask now, how am I going to do this? And the reason is because that puts you more in a bind. And the proper question is now, who is it that can do the hows that achieve my goal? And immediately the world opens up for you. You get very, very excited. You get very energized. And then your role is just to communicate the vision to get other who's excited about using their skills and they have the necessary hows to get to the bigger and better goal. And I'll tell you why most people don't do that, but we'll just give you sort of the history of where this idea came from. Yeah, so we coach entrepreneurs and have been doing so, I personally, since 1974, and as a company in workshop form with myself as a coach and now almost 20 other coaches We have thousands of entrepreneurs from around the world who commit themselves to a four-workshop-a-year schedule of coming in and clarifying their goals, measuring their progress, transforming their thinking, putting together game plans, learning a lot from other entrepreneurs, learning from us because we have a lot of great questions that unlock their thinking. So one of the big things with entrepreneurs is that the vast majority of entrepreneurs actually don't have a company. They have a job that they've created for themselves and everything that needs to happen in their entrepreneurial career, they have to do it. They don't have other people to do it. The most successful entrepreneurs are just at the opposite end of the spectrum and they could have 10,000, 20,000, 30,000 hows, and they're the ones who set the vision. So you have this massive gap between the vast majority of entrepreneurs who really are one-person operations 
with the famous entrepreneurial corporations that we know, especially recently in the last 10, 20 years with technological companies. So anyway, we've always had this push for delegation. And I'm going to show you the difference that who, not how is from delegating. They're actually energetically opposites. The whole notion of delegating and who, not how are actually opposite each other. One of them is a high energy activity. The other one is actually a energy draining activity. So I do a podcast. I have a number of podcast series and I have a favorite one with a great marketer by the name of Dean Jackson. And Dean is just a legend in the marketing world, the online marketing world. And he's just brilliant. And we created a podcast series that was called The Joy of Procrastination, because I think that procrastination, one, is a totally universal experience. I've never met anyone who doesn't procrastinate about something. And usually the something they're procrastinating about is an improvement of some sort in their personal life and their circumstances that gets them a bigger and better result. And they don't follow through on their goal. They don't follow through on their vision. And the reason is because they lack the hows. And so they don't achieve what they want. And the other thing is, it's such a negative experience to be excited about your goal and then not to follow through on it. It feels like you failed. And if you do it enough, it becomes such a painful experience that a lot of people don't have goals because they don't want to have that painful experience. Mm -hmm. You know, they're just basically themselves going through life. They don't have any help. They don't have an organization that has great skills with it. So Dean and I were doing a really interesting, very stimulating set of podcasts. And one podcast, Dean came in, he said, you know, I'm really great at the what. And he said, I'm really, really great at identifying the big thing I want in my future, the better thing. But he said, I really don't like doing the house. I've never liked doing the house. And so it's really a matter of who, not how. And I said, that is a great, great idea. Dean, that is a great, great idea. So I talked to Dean and it really fit in with what we were doing as strategic coach. And Dean gave me permission to take the idea and develop it and write a book about it. But if you get the book, and I really encourage you to get the book right at the beginning, we say that the idea came from Dean Jackson. And I always want to be very clear about that. But I simply took it into the workshops and I started showing them and I did few diagrams to show them what happens, that they procrastinate, but if it was who, not how, and everybody just gets it. They just say, oh, wow. Oh, wow. I wish I'd known this 20 years ago. Oh, I wish I'd known this when I first started being an entrepreneur. Oh, I wish in my personal life, I just practiced that in a personal life of getting other who's to do the how's. It took off and it became a very, very major concept inside Strategic Coach. So we set a contest for people in one year that they would free up a thousand hours of present hows and people aced it almost just with a half hour of thinking right off the bat after hearing about who, not how they could think of 200 hours that they could free up if they just brought another who in. And they would have the money to do it. They would be more productive. They would be more profitable. They would take part of the profits and they'd pay for who's and they could keep doing that. And I'm sure 
the big companies that are 10, 20,000. That's how they did it. They just kept making more money and using part of the money to pay for the who's who did all the hows. So that's the story up until we get to book form right here. Well, and Dan, I find it fascinating when you were coaching it in the workshops. We've been talking about delegation forever. You know, everyone sort of knows it, but you talked about being a very de-energizing activity where hooing yourself up, which is one of the ways we talk about it, is actually a very energizing activity. So the same entrepreneurs who knew about delegation all of a sudden hooed up a thousand, fifteen hundred hours in a year. It was transformational, just how much time and mental energy they'd freed up. So what's the difference in mindset here? How did people who knew about delegation all of a sudden have a different perspective on it? Well, I think the way delegation is understood, and I think this is generally understood, that you're really up here and you're really great. And there's some activity that you want someone else to do, but the person's going to do it isn't as good as you are. So you're going to have to do a lot of training of that individual to not be as good as you are. Okay, so it's a negative because it's a feeling that you're pushing something downward to someone who isn't good at you, which means that instead of freeing you up, it just added a little bit more complication to your life because not first of all, you have to take time to train them and you're not going to get a lot of satisfaction because you can see that they're not as good as you are. And then secondly, you're going to have to supervise them and you're going to have to keep an eye on them. And a lot of people say, well, it's too much trouble. I'll just do it myself. So I think that generally delegation is a negative term. It seems like a lot of work and it seems like your life is going to get very busy having to watch the people that you delegate to. The concept of who, not how is that you're moving the thing upwards, that you're not very good at this. And there's another person who's incredibly good at that. And I'll give you an example in my own life. I'm not very good at details. I'm good at big, broad ideas. I'm really, really good at communicating things live, you know, and I can ask great questions. But as far as the details, my schedule, when meetings are going to be and what the details are running the business, I'm not very good. But all the people we have, my wife and I, Bab Smith, we are... Both not detailed people, but we're good leaders and we're visionaries and we're good communicators and we're good salespeople. So we're just surrounded by people that were taking our house and moving them upward to people who are really great at this. You know, these are master who's who can handle details. They can handle more details in an hour than we could if we were working full time for a week. So the whole thing of who, not how is you're not going downward. That's forcing you to take on more responsibility. You're going upward where the other person just frees you up. You don't even have to think about it because it's in great hands. So I think that's the difference here. And everybody experiences that. It's really weird. Entrepreneurs who've been told for 20 years, you got to delegate, you're delegating and their eyes roll and say, delegate. Yeah, yeah, I got to delegate and everything like that. The moment they do who, not how with a person who's got superior skills. And not only that, the person loves the work. The person loves the challenge. They love being useful to you. And I think this is the difference that we see there. It's very surprising. I've been coaching entrepreneurs for almost half a century, and it just totally caught me surprised. How can three words 
you know, in a term, how can they change people's thinking that much? But everybody that we've given it to, they just go, well, it's almost like, you know, it's like a switch has been clicked and they just see their future differently. They see what they're really good at very differently. I'm still surprised by how fast the shift of mindset happens. I love it. And it's really a different way of talking about unique ability teamwork. Like we've talked for years about, you know, focusing on what you love to do and are best at and surround yourself with other people who are really great and passionate about things that you're not, but who not how just brought to the forefront so quickly. Mm-hmm. So let's jump in. So you and Dean had that phenomenal conversation. You recognized who not how and developed it in the workshop, but then there's a number of steps and number of who's involved between there and a mass market book. So what's the first thing that happened next, Dan, if we're going to go behind the curtain? Well, Shannon, you and I are teammates on a project, and we actually produce a book every quarter and have done so now. We're in our sixth year of producing a small book, you know, 60 pages, where we take an idea that's in the strategic coach program, and we develop the idea from something that may just be a a one-page description to a 60-page book, and it's got audio support for it. It's got video support for it. It's got illustrations and cartoons and everything else. I think I've written 37 books in my entrepreneurial career, but the books are not for the public. The books are not for the market. So we've developed a voice that's just perfect for the entrepreneurs who are in the strategic coach program, but it's not something that you would see in a bookstore at the airport. It's another form of communication for the strategic coach program. But I've always in the back of my mind, you know, I said, I'm at the point where I think a lot of our ideas could go worldwide. Our ideas could go to a a big public. And we're talking about tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of readers. And especially this book. I think this book, like, uh, I don't know anyone who would not benefit from understanding what who not how means. Everybody has a life where they have lots of hows that they just can't handle. And so they don't achieve their goals. So I belong to uh, another coaching program called Genius Network that's created by a, another great marketer by the name of Joe Polish. Periodically, when I go to the meetings, Joe will ask me to communicate to his membership some of the ideas that we've developed in Strategic Coach. So we had done Who Not How. I said, I can do Who Not How in 15 minutes. I said, this is an easy one. I went up, whiteboard, drew diagrams, did it. And the whole room just said, oh, my God. Oh, that's amazing. That's me. Oh, that's amazing. Who, not how? Who, not how? Why don't I know who, not how? And it's the same way every time. It's like an instant religious conversion. You know, it's a light comes down from the sky and they're a new person. So the interesting thing about it at the same meeting was one of the best blog writers in the world, Ben Hardy. And Ben was number one. Some of his blogs, he'd get a million readers and great style. I mean, just had a great, wonderful style that kept you really, really, you know, attached to the idea. Anyway, he came up to me and he said, you know, I've been following your work. And he said, I always wondered why you didn't write books, major market books. And I said, it's just not my how. I said, I just don't have the feel for a marketplace. I don't have a feel for the public. And the other thing is that I've heard that going through the process with a publisher is very grueling. It takes a long time. 
and it demands an attention to details and I just don't have it. You know, I just don't have it. But in the back of my mind, I've always had a vision that someday I could do a partnership with somebody who was a writer. And he says, well, I think you found your partner. And he said, if you'd like to, he says, I'll take your who, not how idea to the marketplace. And he says, I've got an agent, I've got a publisher. So I said, it's a deal. And I said, just to make it more attractive for you, here's the deal that if we have a bestseller and all the money that comes from having a bestseller, you can have all the money. And he said, what? And I said, well, if you're going to write the book and it's going to go out there and it's going to produce big results, I'm sure some of the results are that people are going to read the book and join Strategic Coach. So that's the way we make money. We make money by entrepreneurs signing up for our program. So why don't we just have a simple thing that if you produce a best-selling book and it makes a lot of money, all that money is yours. I mean, the publisher gets the money, but you would get all that money. And he said, I've never heard of anything like this in my life. He says, you don't even want a little bit? And I said, no, I don't need the money from the books. What I need is marketing publicity about strategic coach so that people know where to come and learn more ideas in addition to who, not how. So we did it. Then Ben started running into problems that his publisher and his agent didn't want this book. So there's another amazing genius in the book publishing business by the name of Tucker Max, who's got a wonderful company called Scribe, and he helps two or 300 entrepreneurs every year to actually take the ideas out of their head and get a book out there and shows them what they can do with the book. So Ben talked to Tucker because Tucker really knows how to deal with publishers. And Tucker said, oh, yeah, he said, I know how to get this to a publisher and get a publisher on board. So Ben called me and he said, is it okay if Tucker joins the team? I said, it's your money. You can, you can, you can hire anybody you want. I said, it's your money and they get advances, you know, so it was a, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollar advance for the book when it finally emerged. And then we were at another meeting of Genius Network and Tucker was there. So I met Tucker and I'd seen him on stage before, but it's the first time I really talked to him. And then Ben was there, but then there was the publisher owner of a marvelous book publisher by the name of Hay House out of Southern California. And it's uh, Reed Tracy. I went up to Reed just to introduce myself. And he says, I know who you are. He says, I've been following you for years. He says, it's always puzzled me why you don't publish. And he said, I heard you publish books for your customers, but you don't publish books. He says, I really like your ideas. And so they were there. The the meeting was on book publishing. So Babs and I were really tired. We had really been working hard before that meeting. And they said, we're going to ask Reed out for dinner. Would you like to come? And I said, no, I can't. Long story short, they talked Reed into a who, not how book contract. And not only that, Tucker, in the course of another half year of working, got the agreement on the part of Reed Tracy. And Reed's just a marvelous person. I mean, he's he's a great entrepreneur. He's probably the most entrepreneurial book publisher I've ever met in my life. So the agreement is if the first one does well, and we already have signs even before 
the official release of the book that, you know, it's going to sell in the tens of thousands. We can already see that. And that'll trigger nine books over the next nine years where Ben will write it and Tucker does the packaging. You know, he thinks out the marketing strategies and everything like that. And Reed's got great marketing capabilities. And all the books that we're publishing are books that I've already written in small form. So they just take the small book form and interview me, and then they write the book. So on this book, in a one year, I spent 40 hours getting a major market book where over the first 50 years of my career, I couldn't get one book because I couldn't do the house to get to the bigger goal. And they get all the money. People say, well, what if it's millions of dollars? And I said, I'm as happy as can be because... That means it really went far and wide, and a lot of people read the book, and I'm sure there's going to be dozens, if not hundreds, of people sign up for the strategic coach as a result of these books. So the way we created Who Not How was a textbook example of Who Not How. I couldn't write a book like that. I found a book writer. He couldn't get the connection to the publisher he needed. He hired a book strategist and... They needed a publisher who would really get behind this idea, and they found the best one probably in the world for this best idea. And those are all who's that allow me to get to the bigger and better goal that I want, but I don't do any of the house. I think this is such a, first of all, it's a story, but it's a true story in terms of how this whole process happened. What I noticed is that every person did what they were unique at. So Reed or Ben or you or Tucker did the aspect of the project that they are most enthusiastic about, most capable at, had their own who's involved in that, which I think is just a really phenomenal demonstration of collaboration and teamwork. So let's do a little bit of a deeper dive with Ben because you probably worked the most closely with him on this process. And obviously, the weight of creating a bigger book was mostly on his shoulders. So you only spent 40 hours. I knew that we were going to use the team who produced the book as one of the examples in the book. So I kept track of my hours, and it was 40 hours over the course of 12 months that I spent on it. And usually, it would be reading um, you know, drafts. And then we have a particular process called the Fast Transformer where I just say everything I like about what he's doing, some things that I think don't work, and then some suggestions for improvements, a little, you know, it's a very small sheet of paper, and I just send it through to him, and I said, this is my feedback. But the whole point is, I never demanded anything about the book. First of all, he's got a great style. He's just got a wonderful style. But the other thing is, he's a doctor in psychology, so he knows all the psychological testing and you know, things they found out about psychology. I mean, who not how is really a major, major psychological breakthrough. I mean, when people get it, and I have to tell you, it's almost unfair how fast this idea works. I can talk to somebody and I don't even know them and I can describe it in a modern minute and they say, Oh my golly, who not how? Oh, why have I not known this? And I says, because the, School system doesn't teach you this. All right. Talk about that for a moment, Dan, because that is such a true statement. We're taught we have to be rugged individuals and do it all ourselves. So who not how is a little bit of going against gravity? Yeah. The reason is that the school system started to supply, you know, in the middle of the 19th century and the 1860s, 1870s, it was to train 
two types of people, people who are going to be factory workers and people who are going to be big office headquarter people, but they were going to be workers who they had to conform. And quite frankly, I think the purpose of the educational system is to prove that this individual will go through long periods of extreme boredom and they'll do what they're told because that's what's going to happen to them when they get out into the marketplace in a factory or in a large office building. And, you know, the economy's changed, the way we make money has changed. But I think the basic fact that school is a factory and you want to know everything you can about the individual strictly on their own. So you don't want to know anything about how they relate to other people. What you really want to know is that this person, you know, they handed in their assignment and they did their assignment. They did the test and they didn't get anyone's help doing the test. And so all through school, starting from junior kindergarten to, you know, the doctoral level of graduate school, it's all about you. And you're on the line here because then they're going to move from the educational system where they're going to have to put up with a lot of boring work too. And they want to show they have the discipline and they have the persistence and they can focus and everything else. And we don't need to know at all how they relate to other people. We're only responsible for developing them to be good with the hows that they're going to be asked to do when they get out of work. And I think the teachers themselves are rugged individualists. You know, the teachers don't work together. So it's a whole system where everybody's expected to be great at their house Mm -hmm. without any reference to who's, without reference to who's. But yet the way the marketplace has changed, you know, certainly in the last 30 or 40 years, the only way you really do well in the marketplace is how good you are at getting other who's to do the house. You get paid for your education probably the first five years that you're in the marketplace. And from then on, if you can't do anything except how, you're not going to get well paid. It's your ability to actually get other who's involved in bigger projects. So I think that the whole educational system, I don't think this is peculiar to the United States or Canada or the UK. I think it's worldwide. It's all about the individual as an isolated individual learning to do that house that they're going to do for the rest of their life. But that's not how the marketplace works. The marketplace is about teamwork. It's about collaboration. It's about creativity. But if you're 27 before you even get any practice at doing that, you're probably not going to adapt to it real well. And the reason is you've been told that getting other people involved to help you with your work is actually cheating. You'll fail the test if you get someone else to help you with your test. Mm -hmm. You're essay will be rejected because you didn't do it strictly on your own. No, I don't think they do this consciously, but it's just the habit. You know, it's just the habit, the way things have done. And yet the uh, amazing entrepreneurs that I've worked with, they're just masters at saying, this is the what that we're going for, bigger and better. This is how you measure it. Now, who's going to do all the work on this? You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's always one or two hows that are yours that you love to do and are best at, but then everything else. And with any big project, there are going to be multiple other hows that need to get done. Yeah. And I can't believe how fast this conversation's gone already. Just before we wrap up. It's a great story. I think this is the first time we've actually captured the whole story for the beginning. So my goal is that this book, 
when you read it, it's not a huge book, but when you read it, it's filled with stories about people, all sorts of different areas of life, business and other areas that they just change their life when they realize that they're not the how who has to achieve the goal. They can get other who's on the team. And so I feel very, very powerfully, because we've seen it already with the early release, that the moment someone reads this, they can think of 10 other people they want to give it to. Okay, so we're creating actually, as part of this, we're creating what we call the 50 book clubs. So if you want to buy 50 of these books, you know, if you're a business owner, you run an organization and you got 50 to 100 people, it'll be the best investment you make in 2020 that will produce extraordinary results in 2021. And it's an interesting year. It's one of the most interesting years of my lifetime. And I think that everything, the way that Zoom is going and the other virtual conferencing, that who not how just fits in perfectly with the way the world is jumping ahead with virtual teamwork, virtual meetings, with teams actually creating things. I think who not how is almost like the electricity that would make all that work. Well, as someone who is passionate about ability teamwork and collaboration, yes, I would agree. So if anyone is interested in that, this book is one of the ones you do want to buy for everyone yeah. you know, friends. But we're going to do family. live Zoomcast, Ben Hardy and I, for anybody who buys 50 books. So we'll know who you are and you'll get an invitation and you can interact with Ben and me. The first date, I think, is November 17th. The book is officially released on October 20th. My sense is you will find it very, very difficult to read this and not want to share this book. And you kind of can't unthink the idea once you've heard it. So if you're interested in that offer, which I think is fantastic, I love doing author interviews, as you well know, because I do them with you. But just to have a chance to hear how the author put it all together and the thinking processes, I think will be just a great insight. So go to whonothow.com, could not be any simpler. And all the ordering information is there, where you can go to your favorite bookseller, and then where to let us know when you bought the copies. And then the and obviously we'll invite you to the November 17th and possibly more conversations between you and Ben. So Dan, thank you so much for very clearly articulating what Who Not How is, and super excited to get this book out to a much bigger audience. And a big shout out to Dean, and to Reed, and of course to Ben, and to Tucker for all of their collaboration and cooperation on making this happen. And Joe, because Joe's the one who introduced us to everybody, Joe Polish. Joe is always the center of things. Great. Well, thank you too to Joe. And thank you, Dan. This has been a great conversation. Appreciate it. Thank you, Chairman.